Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. On today's episode, I'm with Don Sevsik. He is the founder of MassCelebrity.com, podcast host of the College Prep Confidential Podcast, author of Free Traffic Frenzy, how to get 450,000 website visitors and one second math. Math Celebrity has helped 3.8 million people in 233 countries to understand their homework and optimize their math skills. Math Celebrity has also been featured on Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC. In today's podcast, we talk about success, books, mindset, motivation, how Don set up the website, and much, much more. I'm very humbled and grateful to have Don on the podcast. And I hope you enjoy this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Parsivity, 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 Tune in. Hi, Don, it's Adam. You right? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, all good, all good. Can you hear me okay? See me okay? Yeah, it's all good. Oh, sweet. I can't see you, but I can hear you. I mean, whatever, you, however you want to play it, really. If I can turn video on if you want. Uh, it's either way, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But, um, well, thank you for trying, get, trying again with this. Um, I apologise about last time with the recording. No worries, it's all good. But um, but yeah, last last time we we spoke um, like uh, I touched base to you on what it is that you do. So like you run a website, you create this website that helps people um do their maths and like science homework. Like kind of what kind of got you into that? 
what kind of got you into doing what you do? So my story starts in 2007, uh, May 2007, actually. So at the time, I was two, I had a day job as a programmer, mm. but I was also on the side to make some other money and branch out. I started tutoring students in math, mm. so some in statistics, and things were going well. So one student turned into two, two turned into four, four turned into five, and it would have been more, but... I started running out of time after my day job. Plus, you know, I was married, so mm. I got to balance everything. So it frustrated me because I, I wanted to be able to scale and help more people, but the time wasn't there. Mm. So anyway, uh, I was asking myself over the weekend, like, because on a Friday I reached five students, but I'm like, I can't take anymore because the fifth student wanted me to refer me to like another two students, and I'm like, I just don't have the capacity. So I was sitting there on the weekend, and it was probably Sunday afternoon, and I had to go back to the day job, and I was just kind of brainstorming, like, how am I going to fix this? I, I don't want to – I want to do this full time. So anyway, I went back to work, and as I said, I'm a programmer. And so for the last week leading up to this weekend, we had been working with a team in India trying to teach them about American pension plans because they were going to be doing the work hmm. on this big, big pension project. So anyway, long story short, after, you know, three pamphlets and two books sent to them, they, they just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't registering and, and the book was kind of convoluted. So when I listened to the questions on, on the hour long calls every day, I, I kept coming back to the same theme that these guys were, were asking about is like, how do these numbers work? So one day I was just, you know, before one of the calls, I got tired of going through the same question. So I just started building a spreadsheet in Excel. And so when the team in India types the numbers and like changes the, the dollar amount or changes the person's age, all the math in the cells update. So it's color coded, it changes immediately. So after this team in India looked at it, I mean, I demoed it for them, they looked at it and, they, and all of a sudden it clicked. They said, yep, I can see it now because this number goes here, this number goes here. I don't need to go through a 500 page manual, I, I get it. And so that's when the light bulb went off. And I said, if I can do this for a team in India for American pension plans, why can't I do this with math tutoring, right? Because math tutoring is just a set of rules, a set of algorithms. Mm. And so that's how I got, how, how it got started. That's amazing. I mean, like I saw on your uh, statistics, like we mentioned pre uh, on previously, was like you, you got like 3.8 million people visited, like was it last year? Like, did you, did you ever think it would like, have have the impact that it is having now because like it's on the website that it's been featured on CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News. Yeah, it's funny. If you were to ask me back in that July 2007 when I first put up the first ugly calculator on my website, and if you would have told me we'd be standing there, you know, last year when the year closed out with 3.8 million unique visitors from 235 countries. Or if you would have told me that, you know, last year, when, when the, or last month when the virus hit, we, we cleared an all-time monthly record of 611,000 unique users in 30 days running. It was like 120, I forgot, it was like 125 million calculations. I mean, there were some days in 24 hours, they were running 120,000 in 24 hours. I, I would have laughed. Because when I got started, I just I just want to get something up there and see how it would work. I never envisioned it would go this far, but it's it's been a it's been a fun ride. Jeez. So 120,000 people visited it in one day. 
flight over a day? No, that I'm sorry. The daily record for unique visitors is, is 20, 26,000, but they ran 120,000 math problems. Oh, I like see. They asked for, yeah, they asked for help. So imagine that, you know, I'm a, I'm, if I'm in person tutoring, even if we're doing one problem every two minutes, which is probably pushing it, yeah. in an hour you get 30, 30 problems done with one person. If you do that for a couple hours, maybe 150. But 120,000 math problems, it's just a testament to the ultimate in scalability, which, which is great because there's 3.8 million people I'm never going to meet probably in person, but I've, I'm able to affect their lives and, and hopefully alter their destiny for the better. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I remember, like, last time we spoke, and it, 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 the recording didn't work, is that you said, like, um, the the speed of it, them learning the math, breaks down the time um, for their parents teaching them. Is that right, you said? Yeah, so when, I, when I've talked with parents before, and if you go online, I mean, you could find this in math tutoring forums. One of the big gripes the parents have is, First, I don't like the new math. You know, in the States, they've got this thing called Common Core, which is different than we've all learned. But the second thing is, you know, students nowadays, they've got so much more in their schedule than, than you know, guys like me. I'm, I'm 44 right now at the time of this recording. But back when I was in college, we didn't have anywhere near the extracurricular activities, the social media, any of that. So the parents and the kids have to squeeze math in. And a lot of times, it's near the end of the day. So they're already running out of gas. Mom and dad got to get rest for work. So if they got to spend another two hours, it, it's already a big pain point. Mm -hmm. But when mom and dad can pull up my site instead of having to sift through a textbook and, and run a calculation and have it come back to them from their high school days and say, you know, the calculation runs in, a, in one third of one second, which is basically the time it takes you to blink your eye. They wow. read through it maybe like 30 seconds or 60 seconds. And I say, okay, I get it. Now, if it's the students not running it, they can go sit with their kid and say, you know, here's how it works. So if we could, I mean, imagine instead of a two-hour homework session, if we can slash that down to like 30 minutes, mm -hmm. and you do that three times a week, you just save four and a half hours and how many headaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, what you've created for people to, you know, instantly click, you know, go on a link, you know, type in their, their homework. Um, you know the questions and have something help them with it you know like instantly and then like you said it saves the parents going through a lot of things that they probably don't know much about or have time to you know work with yeah I mean I don't know if you saw this I think this came out last year and it may have been before but like I'm sure you know about the attention spans of everybody decreasing I read a mm. study the other day I don't know if it was like Harvard Business or, you know, one of those publications yeah. that says humans now have the attention span. I think it's eight seconds and a hummingbird has nine, right? Wow. So eight, eight seconds you have to get their attention and make sure they're not bored or frustrated. So that that's what we're, you know, sites like mine, that's what we're fighting against. And then if you add in, oh, now it's time to study your math, like that's the most hated subject on the planet. Yeah. So it's been fun to at least get the eyeballs on the site. I, I just checked, you know, two hours before you and I got on this call. Mm. The average time our visitors stay on our site is like three and a half minutes, which is great because if it takes eight, if they only got eight second attention span, 
and they're staying three and a half minutes on average. Some people stay four or five hours. Yeah, it's nice, right? Because we've earned we've earned that trust and we've earned that the right to get their attention and keep the eyeballs on our site. Yeah, that's 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 a massive uh, amount of time when you think of it, isn't it? In terms of like you say concentration and focus is like around eight seconds and, and people are using it for around three and a half three minutes you know from from it from eight seconds so they must be taking in so much information you know in that amount of time which doesn't seem that that much but when you break it down like that it's quite a considerable amount of time and uh focus isn't it it is and i think one of, one of the things we do some of the students and parents don't need the full explanation and this took me years to figure out until I started digging in the metrics and talking to a few people. Um, a, a percentage of our audience, you know what they want? They want reassurance. That's what they want. So they want to. They, they run the problem through themselves. And then what they do is they run it on our site and they say, okay, A, did I get this right? And B, is my explanation right? Or is, is mass celebrities faster and more efficient? So there's a perfect example. I was just talking to a mom a couple months ago that was running statistics and they had to do the mean the variance the standard deviation and she says i was doing it you know this way i learned in my data science class but she says you just lay lay the number set out pull the mean pull this pull this plug it all in and, yeah. and she said when i started doing that it was just easier and, and i told her you know i think in terms of a program right give me a b and c and what are the outputs mm-hmm. and she said i i like the way that's done because it saves time and it makes it more efficient yeah that's it, and it just breaks it down and makes it more easier to like digest. Like um, when we previously spoke, um, I mentioned like when I was at school, I I got an F in maths. I failed maths, and I hated maths, and I had to retake my maths because um, I failed it, and I had to um, retake, it and I ended up getting like a C grade, you know, to get into university. And um, my like my teachers, you know. My personal teachers weren't overly great, and they just were basically, you know, showing us a PDF file on a PowerPoint and just copying information. Like, um, so I didn't actually learn, you know, proper math, and I had a lot of anxiety, you know, and I felt like it was almost, I had to redevelop that connection and that relationship with maths, and I had to learn how to love it. Um like you know i find it really difficult like would you say like your website helps you know would help people who are like you know got probably anxiety with maths yeah that's a great point i mean if you if you go online right now and you look at so i i i like to see what people are saying about math and just education in general and there's there's two camps. So there's the parents, right? They've got to tutor the students. They've got to pay for the education. They've got to invest the time. And then there's the students who have to do the work and spend the time outside of having fun with their friends. And if you look at the common, if you look at the common complaints about math for people that aren't great at it, or at least don't consider themselves great, the first thing is, I hope the teacher doesn't call on me. You know, that that's a fear, especially when they don't know it. And number two is, and, and this is kind of, almost a secret like a psychological fear which they don't tell people is I, I don't I feel embarrassed if I have to ask my smarter friend more than like one or two times yeah. because it's almost like a crutch they feel like they're bothering them and if you if you look at if you look at math in general and just and and, and how it works I think people struggle because a 
certain people learn differently. I mean, this mm. is this is no secret. Mm. But we're we're breaking down. They say math problems, right? Yeah. And one of the things one of the things I always hear is, when am I? Hey Don, when am I ever going to use algebra in my life? Right. That's one of the most common questions I hear heard over the last. 13 years of doing this mm. well if you solving problems in any way by the way is, is a skill that you need in life relationships so the the key to algebra that answer that question which is going to answer your question is mm. it's it's breaking things down until you understand them if you look at the arabic roots of the word algebra you know what it means it's the reunion of broken parts so if we take learning and we spec and we take out the pieces that you need to understand anything. So if that's algebra, mm. that's geometry, that's riding a bike, there's mm. there's fundamental principles. There's fundamentals. And when you when you learn those and master those and put them all together, you, you do the reunion of broken parts, and that's how learning takes place. And I think the big thing with students is mm. they don't have the confidence because they may not understand the overall problem because they don't get the pieces. And yeah. if they don't get the pieces, they can't, you know, reunion bring the reunion of the broken parts together yeah no that's 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 a really good point um like you said i i always thought that when i was at school and even some teachers i had even some math teachers were like you know you're not going to use this you know you just need to learn it because it's there to learn you know you probably won't use this in life and like you said you know it kind of does tie into life because of relationships and work and you know things that happen in life so it, it kind of makes sense and um I, I i remember like when we previously spoke you you mentioned something that blew my mind and it was that is it that mental model 80 20 rule yeah so that comes into what you just what you just talked about so that for your listeners that aren't familiar there's there's things called mental models which is basically ways to think about thinking so it's structures for the way you make decisions and one of the most powerful mental models is called the 80 20 rule or the pareto's law now pareto by the way is uh is is the last name of vilfredo pareto he was an italian economist i believe in the 15th century or around that time and what he figured out really smart guy by the way uh polymath he was he was knowledgeable in multiple subjects so one day he gets curious and he, he says, let me start taking records of the real estate owners in and around where he was at. And he noticed that 20% of the landowners owned 80% of the land or 20% of the, the, the yeah. people that had any kind of land owned 80% of the land. And so if you take this law and you start looking around, it's everywhere. So if you want to break this down, 80-20 means 20% of your inputs account for 80% of your outputs. And that can go good or that can go bad. And this is very important for math homework and problem solving. So if you look at Amazon book sales, if you look at concert ticket revenues, there's always a small majority at the top that rakes in the majority. So look at Amazon, look at Google, look at Facebook. How much money are they raking in? How much do they account for the, the S&P 500 and the way it influences those indexes? So if you take this at a granular level for, for you know guys like you and me and regular people, is 80-20 helps you make decisions smarter and not waste time on the trivial. It's the influential, uh, the influential little versus the trivial many. Yeah, that's crazy. 
applies. How you like said that how it applies, you know, to to all things. And um, I I remember like you you broke down the percentages or something like that. Like last time we spoke, and it was like like a one percent or something. It, you broke it down to like the minimal st- statistics of it. Yeah, the, the, if you take eighty twenty, and and this is this is where people's mind gets blown. If you take eighty twenty of eighty twenty. You get four percent of the inputs are responsible for sixty-four percent of the outputs, and then if you really want your jaw to hit the ground, you hit that with eighty twenty one more time, and you get one percent of one percent of the inputs is responsible for fifty percent of the outputs. Now, when when you take a look at this and you sit down and and you absorb all this, you realize that. And somebody told me this once, and when I was younger, I got mad, but now I appreciate it. Most of what we do all day is useless. It, it doesn't matter. So if you go into a meeting, if you're trying to get a raise at work, you may think that everything you did all year makes a big deal, but but it doesn't. And, and it takes people a while to wrap their head around that. They're, so like I worked at a corporate job, and the one year I was promoted, I got you know a nice raise and a nice bonus. And I, I I had a list of like I did all these 50 things, but at the end when when the people who make the financial decisions decided to promote me it was based on two out of 50 things hmm. and, and you and you can extend this anywhere i mean look at like i said look at book sales look at look at medical costs if you want to take the other side of the 80 20 where we look at what we can do for good to mm-hmm. you know pull the lever and do a lot of good if you look at medical costs i, I read a study one time that 20 percent of the, the people in any medical plan are responsible for 80 percent of the premiums Wow. So there, and and so, but this blows your blows my mind because now we can eliminate problems in, in our lives by pulling one or two small levers using eighty twenty. So I'll give you a perfect example. A couple mm. of years ago, I had trouble sleeping at night, and this never happened to me before. But you know, I was like, why? What? What has changed? Mm. My weight, my weight was about the same. I, I had about the same workload. What? What am I doing wrong? I mean, obviously, I'm getting a little older at the time this happened. Yeah. So I started looking at things like, what am I doing? Am I drinking too, too much caffeine? Am I, am I eating too much? Am I stressed? So after reading a little bit, I started removing one thing for a week, just one thing to see how my sleep would be affected. So I started, I stopped eating at, at like eight o'clock, really didn't change much. I, uh, I started exercising a little bit more at night, just try to get tired, really didn't change much. But the nights that I had a little bit of hard liquor at nine o'clock or later, I would always lose sleep. Mm. So then what I said is keep everything else I've been doing the same, but eliminate any, any drinking after instead of nine, because that's too close when I go to bed. Let me just say no drinking after six and most of my sleep problems vanished. And then what I said is why, why not just give up a little bit of hard liquor altogether, maybe maybe a glass of wine, but but keep it simple. And once I did that, my sleep problems vanished. And so this is a testament to the eighty twenty of what what you know you and I talked about last time with inversion is removing stupidity. So when I removed that stupid behavior, all my problems were solved. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Like like you 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 would never think that. You would never think that this, ment- you know, mental model like like rule would apply to all kind of areas of life, you know, business and your personal life. 
um, in your work and money. And I remember you um, you said as well, like um, when we previously spoke, that um, like if something happens in your day, it's usually like one person who's like you who might piss you off, and that can then affect your whole day, and that kind of correlates into this as well. Exactly. I mean, look at the relationships you have in your life. You can count your friends, your colleagues. There's probably one or two that you, that you really like to be around, really like talking with, and there's probably one or two, if you haven't cut them out of your life already, that are responsible for most of the problems. Mm-hmm. So that be that jealousy, be that uh, you know wasting your time and not giving value, be that you know not showing up to things when you guys have plans. So it's really easy if you start looking at this and saying, okay, who are, who are the bottom 20% of everybody I know who's really not helping me? Not only not helping me, but kind of dragging me down. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, who's the one or two or three or four people in my life, whether it's business or personal or just an acquaintance that I really like being around and I get excited when it's time to hang out with them. And, and that's another example of 80-20. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's really, you know, really makes you think. It's, it's really made me think about about things, and really, you know, does change your perspective. Um, I I remember you uh, you was ultimately. I'm trying to think about what I was just about to say. You um you mentioned oh that was it. You mentioned the algorithm, the algorithm for websites. And um, how how that works, and uh, Google Analytics data, I think you mentioned. Yeah, so on my site is another example of eighty twenty, and actually it's more like eighty five fifteen or ninety ten. The other couple months ago, I dug into the traffic on my website. Now I've got five hundred five hundred three different calculators through a variety of subjects that that people use. But if you use Google Analytics and sort by the top usage, I think it was like an 82-18 of 82% of the traffic is is primarily using, I think it's like 27 calculators out of the 500, 503. So it's, it's word problems, it's algebra, it's statistics, it's numerical properties. And this this is fascinating because we have people from all walks of life coming into our site but they're all crowding around the same 27 or 28 out of 500 calculators, which span third grade through college. Wow. So here we go again with, you know, 20% of the curriculum or 18% of the curriculum is causing most of the problems. And it just blows my mind whenever I look at this to see where the traffic is coming and then the pages they're staying on and they need the most help with. Gosh. And that, and that would you say is just in the United States, or would you say that's like worldwide? I could break it down by country. I mean, U.S. accounts for most of our traffic, I would say 88%, and then the next top three are U.K., Canada, and India. Yeah. But but again, if I, I mean, I've sorted traffic on, I believe it was Canada and U.K. before, and they're using, they're using the same things that they are in the States. They may ask for the problem a little differently, but it's the same. They're hitting the same calculators harder than the rest of them. Gosh, that's crazy. It just shows you, would you say, like, you know, the curriculum needs to change or there needs to be certain, like, more focus on certain topic in math? 
earlier we were talking about you know the common complaints between parents and students and in the states i mentioned common core but at a core level this is a confidence thing and it's and it's a confidence in the ability to understand what problems ask but it's also an understanding i mean if you look at anything fear-based right if you look at lack-based thinking and last time we talked about metaphysics so there's there's lack-based thinking and scarcity and then there's abundance thinking Mm. where there's always going to be enough for you and you're going to have more than you'll ever need if you just put your mind to it Mm. and if you look at the basis of any fear especially math what is it what what's really behind the fear it's a lack of understanding i mean solomon said it best and all you're getting get understanding and so with our site if if when a user starts looking at the math and understands what i was talking about before with the first principles and is able to put those back together for the final result there's that aha moment because now they finally have the understanding and it doesn't matter if they're a genius student or just an average math student once they master the principles and put those back together that's when the magic happens and that's what i live for Nice, exactly. And it's 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 helping people and seeing those you know seeing people grow and gain confidence, you know, and learn to love maths because like you know it's important, isn't it? Like maths is you know used in all areas of life in lots of different terms. Yeah, we talked earlier about problem solving is used everywhere but if you look at if you look at some of the top paying jobs we're talking about somebody who's not maybe going to start a business for themselves but is going to go into the workforce and you look around what's paying the best computer programmers data science doctors that that requires at least some if not more math programming i mean i was just online the other day video game programmers are cleaning up and xbox and things like that they're those are all based on 3d vectors and calculus so so that the the people programming those games and building all that that's all math based and so this is why it's important and and even if you're not going into a math-based field again it's the problem solving to me the two most important skills in life when when you're running a business or working at a job is solving problems and being able to persuade people to see your way or do your bidding no, I think I think you know you're completely right, and they're really good points. And uh, my, I mentioned my my uh, brother. He he's at college, and he's doing uh, like game design, like you mentioned gaming. And he's he's uh, amazing at maths. And I I had to help. I, I had to ask him today to to help me. Uh, I had to put screen wash into my car, and in the on the back of it it said 90% water, 10% screen wash to dilute it. And I, I asked him, and I was like, "How much? How much of the screen wash do I have to put in?" And he like broke it down, and he's like, "Well, you divide five by this, and then put, and then he poured it into it." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I I'd never have thought that, but it, like you said, math, math is in the things that you wouldn't think it's in. He like he used math to break down how much water had to go into this can. It, it, it's really everywhere. I forgot what movie that was. It was a Pacific Rim. I think that was the title. Yeah. Where they had the two scientists trying to figure out how to defeat the aliens. And when they're about to, you know, everything's just crashing down on the human human population. And they've got this team in the back and they got the mad scientists and the other guy who likes doing experiments. And they're arguing 
and he brings up something about math, and then the, the scientist says mathematics is the handwriting of God because it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. Yeah. If you look, I, I mean, right now I'm talking to you in a field with with grass and 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 flowers, and if you look at the, I believe it's the spirals mm. in the flowers, it, yeah, they're called fractals, and fractals are basically smaller replicas of of the whole. Mm. And a lot of times in math, you're breaking down principles. That there's you know, there's the whole numbers, then there's fractions, and then there's various pieces of different subjects. So it's all, it's everywhere: video games, mm-hmm. stock market, mm-hmm. uh, even mental models. Right? A lot of the a lot of that we talk about mental models. A lot of the geniuses, or people that we perceive as geniuses, Elon Musk, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, they all use mental models, and a lot of that is probability based. Mm-hmm. So you may not know 100% of the decision, but if you if you put all your facts together and you say, you know what? I don't know for sure, but I got an 85% chance sure that this is the right decision. So there you go again. There's math everywhere you can you can see. It really does blow your mind. Like, you know, when you think about it, like, um, it, it kind of, you know, it makes sense now. You know, like, my, my age now as an adult, you know, really thinking about it. Whereas when I was in school, I just didn't really think it was that important, really. Um, you know, I don't know if that was because... You know, like my my teachers weren't great, um, and I I was in bottom maths. I was in bottom maths, so I, so I kind of felt like I wasn't good at maths, if that makes sense, because I was in the bottom class. Um, but you know, like it, it's so important to have that positive relationship with it, and and to uh, you know, uh, I suppose use it more, you know, than. Um, Like I remember, you, I remember like when we when we spoke last time as well. We we mentioned like um, you, you mentioned to me like when you when you did the website like you you before you did it you mentioned it to people and people didn't believe that it would take off. Yes, this is so. This is the one lesson that I've had to learn over the years. And I when people ask me, you know, how'd you get started, and you got any advice for me. I, I think it's, it's it's two things. The first is to get in what I call your your positivity bubble. So when you start anything, and if you're doing something that you haven't done before, or your friends or family don't expect that behavior from you, you're going to have everybody telling you what could go wrong or why you should do this. And that, by the way, this is a head game. So when we talk about entrepreneurship or getting to the top of any field, at the end of the day, the talent gets you so far. This is a head game. And one of the big things is just like, besides keeping your head in the game, is just seeing the end results. So you're going to have everybody along the line telling you, I don't know if you should do this. There's a difference between taking advice if you don't know how to do something and you need an expert. Yes, then you shouldn't be inflexible. You should be open to listening. But a lot of this is just keeping your head in the game and not letting people crush what you're trying to do because you know the the, the price of talk doesn't go up i'm sure you've heard the, the saying you know opinions are, are everywhere yeah so so that's part of this game i think the other part of this game is just continuous improvement so last time we talked about kaizen and for your listeners that aren't familiar it's a principle that started in the the japanese assembly lines and it's translated loosely as continuous improvement so when i when i started out i certainly wasn't the best mathematician. I had no clue about programming. 
And if you can stick with Kaizen and keep keep rolling with it, no matter what field you're in, you're going to go very far. So the Kaizen example I like to give is, is the principle of the 1%. So let's say you're taking on a new skill, uh, you know, jump rope, bike riding, entrepreneurship, trading stocks. The goal is try to get 1% better every day or every week or every month, 1% better than you were. It doesn't sound like a lot, but if you let's let's take the daily improvement for example. If you get if you take 1% improvement for 30 days, most people think, "Oh, I'm going to be 30% better." No, you're not. You're going to be 34.78% better. Why? Because the 1% compounds. If you take 60 days, you're going to be 81.67% better than you were when you started. If you take 90 days, you're at 244.86%. And I always like to give this last number. If you improve 1% on anything for 365 days, you're going to be 3,778% better. And it's all <laughs> thanks to the power of compound interest. So if we, if we rewind 13 years and we go back to day one when I didn't know anything about programming, and we fast forward to now, yeah, I, I practice my skills, sure, and I've learned website programming. There's still programmers out there that are a hell of a lot better than me. There's people that are they're better mathematicians than me. But the 1% compounding every day, I mean, it's a testament to what Einstein said. The most powerful force in this universe is compound interest. And so if you take those two things about not letting others' opinions sway your destiny and the power of continuous improvement, I, I think you can go far in anything that you do. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blown away by, you know, what you, what you just said. Um, it's fascinating. Um, like you said, those little, those little uh, improvements, you know, each day, you know, make, you know, it might not seem like a big difference when you're doing it, you know, in the process of it, but like, like you said, over time those little steps, you know, each day, each day, each day, then start to gravitate and build. And like you said, that, that can be applied to anything. Yeah, I mean, to give, to give your audience a visual on the 1%, it may be hard to imagine when they're first getting started. Go to the top of a hill with a tiny little snowball that you roll in your hand and start rolling that down the hill. I mean, a couple months ago when we had snow here in Chicago, I was building a snowman with my daughter and I showed her this principle. I said, take the little snowball. And she said, dad, how are we going to make a snowman with that? I said, start rolling it. And after about 20 seconds, she said, look at the size of this thing. You know, how, how did it get so big? And I said, it keeps picking up snow and that snow picks up more snow and that snow picks up more snow. I mean, you, if you look at compound interest, everybody likes to talk about Warren Buffett. If you, if you look at, if you look at the power of continuous improvement, Warren Buffett before age 60 was impressive, but nowhere near the Warren Buffett he is now because the dividends have racked up like snowballs. Mm. So if you go into Warren Buffett's investment portfolio, I think he gets, my numbers may be a bit off, like $1.3 billion a year, a year to do absolutely nothing. And what do I mean by absolutely nothing? The dividends earn dividends, earn dividends, earn dividends. He has, so if he wants to retire tomorrow and do nothing and just hold on to like Coke stock and the other stuff, the dividends have continuously snowballed. And the same thing works with knowledge. The same thing works with skill building. And this is the power of the 1%, the Kaizen, the continuous improvement. Mm. I, I can't stress this enough. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, from what, from what you've said, 
it's it's so important, you know, like like um, you know, thinking about it, and like you said, that continuous movement, that continuous like you know, compound interest, that continuous doing, um, taking action towards whatever it may be, you know, you're doing. And I I think like in society we like things now we like you know instant gratification and like that's you know in some ways like delayed gratification isn't it but it's worth it in the end it is and and, and some things you you can make explosive gains quickly and that's great if you can if you can get that great but the one percent by the way is not just for growth it's for accountability for you so you may wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm building this new business, I'm kind of tired. But if you just tell yourself, just try to beat yesterday by 1%. So if you were working on a book and you wrote two pages yesterday, try to do 1% more than two. And then the next day, 1% more than that. It's not asking a lot. But the 1% is almost like weightlifting, right? A little bit at a time. What happens in weightlifting? The muscle rips and heals back stronger. When you break a bone, it heals back stronger. The same thing applies here with the one percent. You're you're getting stronger and stronger every day. Mm. At least your tolerance for the for the work that's required to be, you know, at the top of whatever you want to do. So I don't know if you've ever read. Uh, Tim Grover used to used to train mm. Michael Jordan, and he's got a book called Relentless, which is, by the way, one of my favorite all-time books. Mm. And Grover talks about crave the end result so badly that the work involved becomes irrelevant. And so the 1% helps you get to where you want to be. You just don't have to do like 15 hours a day if you don't want to. Just continually get better. And what what starts to happen is instead of 1% the next day, you may want to do two or three because now you've trained yourself. Mm-hmm. So once again, the 1% compounds. Yeah, no, I, I completely I completely agree. And, you know, like you said, with, with weightlifting, you know, like over time, you know, your muscle repairs and you just gain that momentum and, it, it just builds and builds. Um, like, as well, like, who who would you say your role models are? I remember you mentioned that last time. So one of the things that I really want to get better at that I'm, I'm still nowhere near where I need to be and I wish I did earlier is people who are really good at sales and copywriting. So copywriting, by the way, is just salesmanship and print. So people that write ads, mm-hmm. Facebook ads you see online trying to sell things. Mm-hmm. I've, I've struggled with that because my, my mistake I made was, you know, I'll build this thing and a bunch of people will come and, you know, they'll pay for my pro- my services. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a lot of traffic, but we still struggle sometimes with selling our products. So the people I look up to, you know, some of the best, I try to study the best. Mm-hmm. So Gary Halbert is, is one of them. He's, he's since deceased, but you know, I've read his books. I've studied what he's he's done. And for your for your listeners that aren't familiar, Halbert wrote a bunch of ads that made a lot of money for a lot of people. But his claim to fame is he wrote a 324 word letter that was mailed to 100 million homes. And back in the 80s, it made so much money they had to hire 20 women part time to help cash the check from the bank. So he was selling a, a family a family crest, like a symbol for your last name. And this letter was sent out, and it was so good that people were just sending him checks to get to get the product that he was selling. Jeez. So Halbert's one of those guys that I look up to. Uh, Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels is, is another guy. So he's mastered the sales funnel, which 
I try to study all his stuff because he's just he, he's going to be probably, if not now, in a few years, a bu- building a billion-dollar company, and he didn't borrow one dime or give one investor a piece of money. You know how he built it? Mm. Ads, copywriting, and selling products, and then he took that money and reinvested it. And we're going back to the you know the compound interest, and then he sold more products, got more traffic, got more visitors, and then he got people to to promote his product through you know affiliate programs. So those are those are two people that I really look up to that I'd like to get their skill set one day. Mm. Yeah, no, it's so important to have role models. It kind of gives us something to uh, you know aspire to be like and give us that motivation, you know, to drive us forward. Like, um, what what are your favorite books? I remember we spoke about books. Like, any any particular books that you like to read or are reading? Yeah, I, I my two my two favorite subjects are sales copywriting and then just mindset. So, for metaphysics and mindset, the the Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Buren is a great book. Mm. Anything by Neville Goddard is is really good but if you had to pick one probably feeling is a secret and these by the way these are more pamphlets than books but they're great because you can read through them in a day take notes go back and you always learn something new mm-hmm. so those are those are two big mindset books and then if we're going to go to the sales copywriting world i would say you know gary halbert how to make maximum money in minimum time i mean i i took a pen so I could learn to be more like him, and I hand wrote out that entire book. It was probably a hundred and ten pages. Wow. Yeah, I hand wrote out the whole book. I took a picture and put it in his. His son runs a copywriting group on Facebook, so I took a picture of all the pages and and, and posted it in Facebook. And I've got it in my basement. It took me probably three months. I was doing oh one or two pages gosh. a day. Yeah. <laughs> But the lessons learned, the lessons learned from that were so invaluable because if you go back to his newsletter when he was alive, he always preached that. He said, if you want to get good at this game, start handwriting out ads that have made lots of money. Handwriting, by the way. And why do I say handwriting instead of typing? Because it, it, it speaks to the power of haptics. So haptics is the hand-brain connection. Yeah, if you've ever typed out notes and then you've handwritten out notes, all the time you remember what you handwrote out more because there's that connection with your hand and your brain. And so when I started doing that, I mean, my writing got better, my book writing got better, my, my posts on, on social media got better. So it, it's really a testament to watching somebody that has done it for years with a compound interest of knowledge and skill and, and trying to mimic what they're doing. Mm. That's fascinating. That, that must have, you know, what, what dedication that, that was, you know, passion and energy, you know, and time put into, you know, writing out the, um, like you said, that that book and the, that information and uh, what you said with um, haptics and hand to brain and writing things down like I think that's quite an effective way because if I'm learning if I'm if I'm doing a course I like to write down the information and copy it down rather than just visually consume it and I feel like you know it does like you said have an, have a quite a positive effect you know without even thinking that it, it's going to there's such a power in, in writing things down the old way, and I don't think people nowadays appreciate it. So the power of journaling is another thing I regret not doing earlier. I've been doing it the last year. I wish I'd been doing been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you look at some of your notes, and then you remember writing it too. Like when we, I just had a, uh, another podcast 
I was on. And as I was walking, I remember a journal entry from like 50 days ago, probably because I wrote it down and I was able to use that to illustrate a point. And it's just, it, just handwriting in general, it's so powerful mm. from the power of haptics. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like when, when we previously spoke and um, the recording didn't work, I had like, um, you know, these bullet points of what we covered in my head. And I was like, I need to write this down. I need to get it, you know, because like you said, with, with writing it down, you rem- remember it more. And like you, said, uh, like you said, I think with society, everyone's so busy, you know, doing things digitally. Um, you know, like you said, it's, it's very important to still write things down, not just have things, you know, on, on your phone, probably. You make them count more, too, because the time involved is, is, is more than it is typing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to handwrite a page of notes, that takes a lot of effort versus just typing it out. And, and I think this it speaks to the law of investment. If you look at any, any venture that, that people do, the more time they spend with something, the more time they're likely to spend with it. And so if you're handwriting stuff, that you're more likely to make it, make it count. There's a consultant out here in Illinois named Perry Marshall. I don't know if you've ever seen his stuff, but it's fascinating. And he has a blog post about pre-Gutenberg and post-Gutenberg books. So Gutenberg was the inventor of the printing press. And the books that survived from pre-printing press had to be meticulously hand-copied out. Wow. So the books that were chosen had to be so damn good that it was worth writing 500, 1,000, or whatever. Some of those some of those books, like the Apocrypha and Beowulf, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work to copy that down and carry forward and preserve until the printing press arrived. And, and it just speaks to the power of, you know, pre-Gutenberg, just if you're writing it down and you're going to spend the time and invest it, it must be good. Make mm. it count. Yeah. No, I think that's a really, really, you know, good point. And, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, that what, pe- you know, what was, as human beings, you know, are capable, capable of, uh, you know, achieving and doing. And like in, in terms of books as well, like I, I um, saw that you've got two books that you've written yourself, uh, Free Traffic, Frenzy, and One Second Math. Yeah, One Second Math was my first book. Half of that book is just the details of my journey, how I got started, how I built a site that answers math problems and the, and the challenges I experienced along the way. And the second half of the book is basically every single shortcut or, or cheat sheet note from second grade through college, formulas, tips, tricks that I could stash in a few hundred pages where you could just go there and see, okay, here's the formula, here's here's what that means. And then the second book is we were able to build up, like I said, the 3.8 million visitors last year. We're probably going to crush that this year. And I just wrote down everything I learned from SEO because it's such a esoteric principle with a lot of business owners and people who run websites and want to learn how Google works, you know, the big black box of Google. Mm. So I just basically spilled my guts for 165 pages of everything I figured out, including stupid stuff I've done and what I've learned. So anybody that reads that, they can speed up their learning curve <clears throat> of, of how to get, how to, how to do well at SEO. Mm. No, that's amazing. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, check them out and, um, I'll put them into my Amazon basket. Like, um, would you like to kind of like round up, like, um, what, what, like, message would you, 
give to people listening, you know, who, um, you know, want to be successful in life? I want to go back to the principle of, you know, the positivity bubble and expand that on a bit more because I can't stress that enough. And the best way to tell that is with, uh, with a quick story. So Winston Churchill used to keep a journal when he was prime minister of, of England. And there's a book I'm reading called The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And in there, he, he finds an entry where Churchill's writing, it was about World War I, about one of his generals named uh, General Tudor. And anyway, Churchill's talking about him, and he says, my first impression of Tudor was that of an iron peg, frozen in the ground, immovable. And I can't think of a better quote to give to somebody getting started in the entrepreneur game or venturing out on their own than Churchill's Tudor quote. And, and why do I say that? Because going back to earlier when we were talking, there's going to be a lot of people trying to derail you. And even if your skills are, you know, top of top shelf epic level and you're you're the best at what you do there's always going to be somebody who's trying to pull you down or 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 tell you another way to do it and so here's here's a personality trait which hurts me sometimes in relationships but has been absolutely priceless in building my business as well as you know you could pass this to other people who are starting out being stubborn and i'm not saying being inflexible if somebody wiser than you comes along that, that can help you and you believe in them take their advice but I'm talking about the people around you when you're trying to do something and they're telling you, oh, this won't work, or I don't know, or maybe you're spending too much time on this. There, there's an inner fire that burns in everybody for at least one thing, and don't let other people put that fire out. Keep that thing going. And like, like Churchill said, be that immovable frozen peg in the ground. Mm-hmm. And over time, if you, if you establish that with, with the people in your life, they'll, they'll respect it, and they'll either get out of your way or they'll move out of your life. And, and you know what? That's part of the growth process. I think that's, you know, really, really, really powerful, you know, what you said. And, you know, like you said, you've got to stick with what it, whatever it is that you're passionate about and doing and, you know, stay on it and not sway from it because other people have said it's not going to work. Exactly. I mean, the skills are great. The, the, the continuous learning is great. All that's great. But without the backbone of your vision and nobody getting in your way to get there, I, I think the rest fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as well, like, you know, your website, you know, is an example of that, you know, and, what, and the things that you, you know, you've achieved and like, you know, not, buying into what other people have said to you, you know, that the, that the website isn't going to work and things like that. And um, I just I just want to say, like, you know, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you and, I, I, you know, I'm really grateful and thankful for your time and I, I really appreciate you, you know, helping me out for this recording, to, you know, because last time it didn't work and it really, really means a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. I ha- I had a blast. I love talking about this stuff. No, you, you're very welcome, Don. Like, how how can people find you on uh, social media or, and or you know the internet? The two best places to find me are either LinkedIn. That's where I hang out. That's my number one social media channel. So I'm just 
Don Sevcik, S-E-V, like Victor, C-I-K. And the other one's uh, my main website, which is Math Celebrity, M-A-T-H, celebrity.com. Awesome. And I'll put, I'll put it in the, the description for you um, so people can uh, you know, get to it as well. But um, it's it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you, Don, and uh, you know I wish you the very the very best with you know all that you're doing, um, you know your day, and um, you know hopefully you know stay in touch and catch you up again soon and do this again. So, oh yeah, sorry, you you got uh, your own podcast as well, haven't you? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm on hiatus for a little bit, but there's a bunch of episodes people can listen to. It's called the College Prep Confidential Podcast. And it's just about ways to uh, rig the game so you get higher exam scores, more financial aid, and just a better mindset since college prep can be grueling. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's really, really, you know, great thing, you, you know, you put in place. But, um, but, yeah, I, you know, massively grateful. Thank you for, for, for this, for this time and chat. I really appreciate it, Don. Thanks again. I had a blast. Yeah, take care, Don. Hi there, and thanks for listening to the Parsity Podcast. Just a little message here. My girlfriend basically makes handmade jewellery, she makes necklaces, earrings, keyrings, bracelets and much more. It's all handmade, locally sourced and her Instagram page, if you want to check it out, is called Jess Handmade Jewellery. She also has an Etsy account website and it is Jess Handmade Jewellery. Go check out her content and give her some support. I'll put the link in the bio. Thank you. Thank you for listening.